Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Shelf Logic. Uh, my name is Jen, and I'm Jennifer. And this week we are uh, shining another spotlight on Indigenous authors. So we each have a stack of three books uh, that we're just kind of kind of review and tell you to check out at the library. All right, so the first one that I have is called An American Sunrise, and it's a book of poems by Joy Harjo. I, um, have you, you ever, have you read this I'm one? I'm familiar with the poet, poet, but mm-hmm. I haven't read that. Yeah, Joy Harjo is Poet Laureate of the United States, and this is, I've read a few, few poems out of this book already, and they're very moving. Um, it's kind of specifically talking about Kind of like the displacement and um, the trauma that is like continually experienced by indigenous people in the United States. I feel like, and I think I've said this before, I have a hard time reading poetry because I think I, I am always wanting to like immediately on the first run through like read it and then I get it. And that's how I like read typically books. But these ones, again, you're just going to want to like literally reread them and sit with them as you go because they are particularly impactful. So a lot of the poetry in the book kind of, from what other people have said too, it's like you can't totally tell if it's talking about the past or the present just because of like the different things that have happened historically, but then also that continue today. So yeah, it's kind of relevant for especially what's like happening in, in like southern states right now as well. Um, but yeah, if you want to take a look at that, it's called An American Sunrise, Poems by Joy Harjo. And these are also going to be on Overdrive as well. I started off with a mystery called Winter Counts. It's by David Heska Wanbley Wyden. And it's an adult mystery. This one immediately sucked me in. Um, it, uh, it's about Virgil Wounded Horse, and he's a hired enforcer on the Rosebud Indian Reservation in South Dakota, which is a real place. Um, people hire him to dole out justice because um, local law enforcement is often spread too thin in the case of the reservation law enforcement, or they don't want to be bothered in the case of federal law enforcement. Um, And heroin starts to infiltrate the reservation, and he's he's, uh, personally affected by the near overdose of his nephew. So he sets out to find out where the drugs are coming from. Um, The result, it's a compelling... A complex mystery full of twists. Um, it also is a really fun read and really educational. Um, I learned a lot about challenges that um, the indigenous community faces on the reservation, as well as a lot of information about their culture, ceremonies, and um, history. Um, the author is an enrolled citizen of the Shichango. Shichangu Lakota Nation, and he received his MFA from the Institute of American Indian Arts. It's his debut novel, so I'm really hopeful that he continues to write, Um, and I really enjoyed this one. I highly recommend. It's excellent if you're a fan of Longmire, which I know has been popular. Um, It's also available as an e-audiobook on Hoopla, and on Libby as both an e-book and an e-audiobook. It's called Winter Counts by David Heska Wandley Wyden. Great. 
Nice. That's actually really interesting because I feel like it's sort of, I don't know, there are themes in that that probably relate to my second book too. <laughs> yeah. And um, like I said, it's it's good on its own as a mystery, but then uh-huh. especially interesting to get that culture, language, history. I learned a lot. That's so really, really, really well done. Yeah. That's awesome. It's You said it's in the mystery section? Yes. Okay, cool. That's same section for my next one, except when you look at the cover, I know you can't see the cover if you're listening right now, but it looks like I if, if somebody said, Jen, what genre is this going to be in? I would say $1,000, that's going to be a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. It does but look like a fantasy cover. It looks so beautiful, um, but it's a mystery novel also, and it's in the teen section. This is called uh, Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully. Um, this is kind of a very, it's like one of the big books this year. It came out in March. Um, so it follows, uh, Donis Fontaine and she is a teenager. She's, she's an unenrolled tribal member. And so basically her, her experience is kind of like, she's feeling on the outside, both even at school, but then like with her reservation as well. Um, she has like high goals of wanting to go study medicine and she she's like wanting to do that but some kind of drama is happening uh at her school and she has to put those plans on hold when a family tragedy happens so basically this okay so while she's at school there's this guy that comes and she's like oh maybe i should try to get more involved with him but there's a secret there involved with him Meanwhile, sorry, I'm going to rewind. There's like so many different things going on with this book. Okay. So in their community, there starts to become a drug problem. And what's really interesting, I was reading about it, is the author actually went to a like an official crime lab training on how they like create specific drugs so that she was better able to write about the problems that like the community would face. Um, Anyway, so there's that happening. She has family tragedy happening, and then she's starting to like this guy, right? There is a spoiler. I almost want to say the spoiler, but I won't say the spoiler. She becomes, this is not a spoiler, she becomes an undercover agent, which is also, like, she is conflicted about that. Like, why, like, how much should she be working with, like, these authorities who, like, like, time and time again have, like, you know, hurt her community? Um, Basically, it is just kind of a teen thriller book and it is also available as an audiobook on Libby or sorry it's an audiobook on Libby and an ebook on Libby too okay so but as she goes undercover she's also secretly pursuing her own investigation as well um she's trying to track down criminals using her um her knowledge of chemistry because she's been planning to go to medical school but she also has um skills in traditional medicine as well so it's like a cool kind of like tying in um of everything and everyone involved. But that again is Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bully. Nice. I forgot the most important part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so while this is this is on Reese's YA Book Club, uh for um for Reese Witherspoon's <laughs> book clubs, right. but something exciting that happened is uh Barack and Michelle Obama's like company that makes movies and television shows, Higher Ground has purchased the rights to make it into a Netflix television show. So that's going to be coming out. And this book is already extremely popular, like, if you want to get on the wait list for it. But it's going to be becoming a television show as well. So I'm wow. very excited for that. It's great. Yes. It'll be very good. 
Well, that kind of brings us to, I did a youth book. This is kind of for middle grades, kind of uh, maybe tweens. This is part of a series called the Mighty Muskrats Mystery Series. And I really liked, I really enjoyed it. It has an old-fashioned feel, so kind of um, boxcar children. I love boxcar um, Yeah, or uh, Hardy Boys kind of, you know where you have very self-reliant characters. Um, In this, it is Canadian, um, but it would make a really great read aloud to do with your your, uh, tweens or or younger. Um, It uh, it is uh, about four Native American cousins who live on the Windy Lake Reservation. I'm not sure if that's actually real, but these kids are smart, resourceful, and tech savvy. This series so far has three books. This is the second. And in this book, the kids travel to the city to visit relatives, but Chickadee um, has found out that her grandfather has a lost younger sister who was what they call scooped when she was young. Um, Like too many young Native American kids, the government arranged for her to be adopted by strangers without her parents' permissions. and I, I really enjoyed this book because it shows us diverse characters doing ordinary kid things, but they're also learning and dealing with this traumatic uh, history that they have to come in, in their own family. And they're teaching us, the reader, at the same time. So I, I thought it was done in a great way um, for kids. It's respectful. Um, to families that have experienced this, but and it doesn't sugarcoat the horror of the situation, but it doesn't go into great detail of the atrocities either. So it's perfect for that age group as an introduction to the history of Native Americans and how they were treated. Um, like I said, it is Canadian. Um, Michael Hutchinson is the author. It's called The Case of the Missing Auntie in the Mighty Muskrats Mystery Series. And um, he's a citizen of the Missipaistic Cree Nation in Canada. Um, the title is also available on Hoopla, has both an ebook and e-audio, which I would love to listen to it. Um, but again, it's a great read, read aloud um, because you can talk about um, I actually read it aloud with my nine-year-old, oh. and we talked about the history, um, and I think that he got a lot out of it um, to discuss um, why that history is hard to talk about sometimes. Um, the, it also talks about residential schools. So the um, grandfather and the aunt were sent to a residential school, and that's where she was scooped. Uh-huh. And this is a real thing that happened um, and part of the troubling history of um, Native Americans, and this was in the 20th century. Um, so uh, really a great read. I highly recommend the series. Um, I want to read that. Yeah, looks, yeah, yeah really so well done and great. I, as an adult, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So. How many are there? What is there like numbers to the series or is that? Yeah, book one is The Case of Windy Lake, which occurs on the res- reservation. Uh-huh. I haven't read that one, but I'm going to go back and read it. And this one is book two. Okay. And it's called The Case of the Min- Missing Auntie. 
And then book three just came out. I'm not even okay. sure if we have it yet. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, um, I'm so excited about that series. Yeah, it's a great series. I really always like when they show, um, you know, modern kids that are, like I said, they're smart, they're tech savvy, mm-hmm. they're, um, it's just really likable characters and very realistic mm-hmm. um, situations. So they go to the city for the first time and they've never been off the reservation, but they learn to manage and, you know, they, they're capable and I, I loved it. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that one. Oh. And that's really interesting that that one involved um, their aunt getting taken. But I mean, just think about, well, and so many of our authors that are writing about this are writing about these like huge important painful topics but like relating it to modern stories and this is the same thing so this is called the seed keeper by diane wilson um this book actually isn't so i mean it is modern day but it's more like i don't know set in like the 70s and then kind of continues on to today like 2000s ish um it spans several generations. It follows Rosalie Ironwing. And so as a child, she like she lives with her dad and everything is fine and chill. And he is like teaching her as she grows up. Um, this book is like very much talking about like people's relationship to nature. And so specifically for her, her dad was teaching her about that. But then tra- tragedy strikes. He does die. And so unfortunately what happens is she has like literally family there but they're like oh no we're going to take you and move you into like this white town and you're going to be adopted by this white family and so that's your life now and so she has a rough time but she becomes friends with uh her friend named gabby and basically it kind of covers their life she grows up she marries um a man and they have a farm in the area so in the area there's kind of like a lot of tension between um the indigenous people and the like the town area as well because basically a lot of the people in the town and the community surrounding it have family on both both sides right that have have died in the sioux indian war of 1862 so there's like things commemorating that war and obviously like people have very different reactions to it you know depending on whose family like died in that in that event so she marries um her husband and he's a farmer and it's interesting because she's like connected to both like her past and her present in this new town but one thing things lead to another he dies and um she ends up trying to go back the aspect of like the environment plays a big role because in the farm, when the farm is happening, there's like droughts going on. There is a big company that is maybe taking over like chemical chemically and like the seeds are being altered. And in the book, they call it Mangenta. Um, and so that's like the big bad company. And so she, she is trying to like connect to her past, right. And her, uh, her family more so. And so that's where the seed keeper theme comes in. And it's so important. And I didn't even know this (laughs) separately, like in one of um, the things that I was researching online and something that Diane Wilson was inspired by is there's this documentary called seed, the untold story. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. It's on hoopla as an e-video. So I'm going to, I'm literally going to like watch it as soon as I can. It said something like a staggering statistic. It was something like 94, I believe 94% 
of like the seed varieties that exist have died in like the last century. Wow. So it's a little bit spooky. So I don't quote me on that, even though I know we're recording this, but it's, it's like a staggering amount of, of seeds that have perished, you know, in their variety. So she um, takes it upon herself to start growing these plants and saving these seeds and that just like learning and connecting to um, when she goes home, finally, she does go home and just kind of like the experience that that brings her. But yeah. This is a very inspiring book. Um, and I would also check out Diane Wilson's website. She's a lot of uh, good, interesting information. And she does author events and writing oh, workshops wow. all the time as well. And that came out in March of this year. And this is on Hoopla as an ebook and an e audiobook. Oh, I think I was literally, yeah. when, I was, when I was reviewing all these, I was like, Jennifer is going to read this book after, <laughs> after we talk about it today. Because <laughs> I was going to say, it could fully go, if we had a section for eco fiction, it would be an eco fiction. Oh, and I have one that's eco-poetry. <laughs> so I also read a book of poems. Um, this is a history of kindness. These poems are by Linda Hogan. She is, uh, Linda Hogan is Chickasaw. She's a well-known writer and poet. She often explores humans and their relationship to the environment, as well as traditional native science and knowledge. Um, so when I read the I, I when I read some of these poems, I felt like I was laying on a hammock next to a creek in the woods when it's seventy seven degrees. Oh, that's <laughs> a perfect thing. <laughs> are like soul soothing. Um, they reflect a plea to all of us to find peace and oneness with the earth and the universe as a whole. They contain the wisdom of the poet for all of humanity, and she reminds me of. Um, the elders in the community. I don't know how old she is, actually. She's, she's, but she's so knowledgeable. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's so knowledgeable. That's, she has so much wisdom mm-hmm. um, that um, I just felt like we need to listen to her. Yeah. Um, after reading these poems, I wanted to get out and enjoy our world, but I also felt the need to care for all of humanity and our earth. It's just sweetly persuasive. She has a new book um, called The Radiant Lives of Animals that is coming out this fall. Um, I believe we have it on order. Um, those are essays on living with wildlife. So she, um, her themes are usually um, environmental and, like I said, um, native wisdom, native culture, native knowledge, and how we need that now. Yeah. Um, a History of Kindness is available as an ebook on Hoopla as well. Um, the cover is, so, I, I know you can't so see, the cover beautiful. is so beautiful. It might be, if somebody said, make a top 10 cover list, that's definitely on there. <laughs> yeah, and I love the feel of it too. It feels, it has a really nice soft, Like tactile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like kind of leather, but it's not. Like so. the soft. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a beautiful, um, there was one that I was going to just read the last two stanzas. Um, This is what we kept. And it's talks to um, what Native Americans have lost and what and how they still possess what we all need and what was taken from them. The more you took, the more you lost. And you need us now the way you needed us then. Our land and labor and we give to you knowledge you don't hear. The new mind you can't accept our bone and leaf soup. 
But what I keep to myself for myself is the soul you can never have that belongs to this land, the magic haunting you still and always untaken. But you want how you want, how you need. So those are just the last stanzas of the poem, but I, it's just beautiful, beautiful words and, and beautiful poetry that you can savor and read over and over again. So um, just highly recommend. Um, in fact, you, the poem, Poet You Did, <laughs> did a oh. little blurb on here. Oh my it says, Hogan's poetry has always been a medicine of sorts. Oh my god! So I would say it's just, like it's, I said, it was soul-soothing. It sounds like it. Yes. So highly recommend um, this one as well. That's so good. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Well, that uh, rounds it up for our six books that we have today. Make sure you check out our um, Native American authors. We have um, many in the collection. Um, There really has been a huge renaissance of sorts going on in native with native american writers um lots of modern writers that are really um, bringing awareness to um, history and to the present and injustice and just um really you can really learn a lot by reading these voices and listening and and sitting with our past and our future Thank you, Jennifer. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, I'm Jen. And Jennifer. And have a great day. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.